It's a really unfortunate one because the Bucks were embarrassed in a pathetic 20-18 loss to the Pittsburgh Steelers. There were pigeons on the field. There were backup quarterbacks. And honestly, just poor, pathetic play by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in every single phase, offense, defense, and special teams. We're going to recap everything from this loss i'm your host matt matera join with me is my co-host the man that runs everything at pewterreport.com sr scott reynolds and scott we've seen a lot of good football with the bucks in the tom brady era in his tenure here yes but in but today today was not that day matt today was not that (laughs) day today was one of the most befuddling mind-numbing make you want to rip your hair out type of games that we've ever seen with Tom Brady playing with the Bucs. And it happens like once a season, whether it was the Bears game a couple of years ago, the Washington game, this year, this season was that version of those games, a just ugly, pathetic 20 to 18 loss. Yeah, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm typing here. Um, just getting up the story about what Todd Bowles had to say. And I'm going to drop this in the chat here. Yeah. Uh, he said, guys living off the Super Bowl are living in fantasy land. And we're going to dive into those comments today and probably tomorrow, too. I think Todd Bowles actually said out loud what was on his mind. And, yeah. and then when there was a follow up question, he kind of, uh, I don't say backed off, but shut it down a little bit. We'll talk about that in a second. But yeah, Matt, this is this was absolutely a pathetic performance. Uh, offensively again you just don't see much progress at all from this offense and you know we wrote about how it felt like the bucks might be turning the corner offensively and certainly having an opportunity to maybe put up some points maybe get to 30 points uh, in this game especially with all of those injured players in the secondary for the Steelers but it reminds me so much of that Washington game where uh, you just the Washington football team got some momentum early and just never gave it back to Tampa Bay. And it was just a, as Tom Brady said after the game, it just, uh, everything was was a challenge. Everything from third and short, third and, and one, uh, fourth and one was a challenge. First down was a challenge. The red zone was a challenge. The only thing that wasn't a challenge was the Ryan second field goals. I mean, he is clearly the MVP. MVP. No one. I is playing better than Ryan. Said. I tweeted it out. Casey and Hudson and myself were talking about it on the Pewter Game Day show. The the everyone in the chat was saying it too. Ryan Suckup is the MVP of the Bucks yeah. right now uh, this season. And Shout that's out to never Luke. a good thing. You never nope. want your kicker. That's that's like your safety leading the you team in tackles. The, you don't you want, want that. You want to see the ki- yeah exactly. You want to see the kicker on the field maybe six times, all for extra points and kickoffs. That's right. it. Uh, but it hasn't been the case. Thank you very much to Leo for the $5 super chat. He says, uh, this game was Commanders 2.0. Of course, talking about that loss that the Bucs had to Washington last season. Got beat by a very bad team. Bucks yeah. got cocky and got humbled. Uh, any given Sunday, Keith Armstrong, special teams coordinator, uh, needs to yeah. go. I definitely think they got humbled because, you know, you can make all the excuses you want for losing to the Packers, losing to the Chiefs. Yeah. You kind of you kind of understand that two good teams. Well, not really the Packers anymore, but the Chiefs right. definitely. Um, but this one is a look in the mirror type of situation where they have absolutely no one to blame but themselves. And as I said earlier, the offense stunk it up until 
the last drive. Yeah. The defense, you talk about wanting to pull your hair out. How can you play so well for like 85% of the game? And then you just yeah. lose your mind and start allowing these third and 15s with the game on the line with Mitch yeah. Trubisky in the freaking game. I had to stop myself from cussing so many times <laughs> on the on the game day well, today. It, you're and right, Matt. struggled too. They lost in all three phases today. And and I, I did like the message that, that Todd Bowles had after the game. And uh, and we'll talk about that. I'm going to put it here in, in the chat just so everybody can can read the story. It's uh, uh, Bucks, Bowles, guys living off the Super Bowl or living in fantasy land. And so I'm putting that in here right now. But um, it, listen, uh, Todd Bowles deserves a, a, a decent chunk of the blame here too, right? Because yeah. it's his defense – that has got to get off the field in those third and long situations to get the ball back for the offense. Not that the offense is going to do a damn thing with it, but you got to at least prevent the Steelers from scoring some more points, which they did. Uh, we didn't see what any takeaways today from this Bucks defense and what two sacks Carl Nassib had one, Anton Winfield had one, and and it's just just not enough plays. And so what Bowles said, people may not want to hear it. It sounds like coach speak. I get it. But uh, and I'm just talking about the defense. We'll get to the offense in a second because that's yeah. really where the majority of the show is going to be. But Bull said, and I quote, we didn't get off the field and make plays. We didn't make plays. We've got to make plays. We can't let the quarterback out of the pocket and scramble. Trubisky did a good job buying time and turned uh, into a scramble in the back end and found that guy was open. Uh, they played well. They played team ball. We did not play well all the way around. And what, what he was talking about in that instance was that last third down conversion where Joe Tryon Schoenke just looked like a college player, just running right around the quarterback. I mean, he, he ran around the quarterback, and then he ran around the right tackle. He literally yeah. almost did an entire circle, which is just complete bullshit technique. And and, and he, you have to understand that your first responsibility is not to sack the quarterback. It's to contain the quarterback. Because once he blew the contain and blew the sack opportunity, Trubisky, there was nobody near him. And he just rolled calmly to the left, found Chase Claypool for yet another third and long conversion, yeah. and that was it. And so Bowles can't sit there and say this is all the offense's fault, right? At the same time, 20 points per game in the NFL, and the, yeah, the Steelers were only averaging about 15 per game, so this is you know, a little bit more yeah. than, than what you would normally allow the Steelers, but still. You got to be able to score points. And that was the main thing Tom Brady said as he left his press conference. He says, "We got to find a way to score more points." And and I I think Bowles is growing very frustrated with the play calling because we've seen this now. Him lead off with, "We have to coach it better, and we've got to, to play it better." And he talked about being out coached, and he talked about we've got to find a way to get a yard on third and one and fourth and one. And I'm telling you right now, and I don't know this to be fact because I, I listened to Todd Bowles' press conference at face value, just like anybody can. You can go watch that at Buccaneers.com. But this is what Todd Bowles had to say. He said, and I quote, we didn't take them lightly, number one, meaning the Steelers. Number two, I think guys, he didn't say players, he said guys that are living off the Super Bowl are living in fantasy land. You've got to get your hands dirty and go to work like everybody else. We've been working hard. We have to work harder. Nobody's going to give us anything or feel sorry for us. We have to go back as coaches. He said that first. Mm -hmm. As coaches, as players, and the time for talking is over. You've either got to put up or shut up. So who's living in fantasy land? And the interesting thing, and I, I'm not I'm not 
saying that Todd Bowles is coming out and saying, is Byron Leftwich living in fantasy land? But I will, I will make a couple of observations. Number one, Byron Leftwich got an awful lot of pats on the back from Bruce Arians, even to the point where he was kind of dismissing Tom Brady's effect. Yeah. Because yeah. he wanted Byron Leftwich to get a head coaching job. Okay. And, and he, you know, you, we've all heard the comments about how Bruce was pissed. Byron didn't get any interviews in, in 2021. And then he, you know, had one interview, I guess, maybe two, the most notable with Jacksonville. Mm -hmm. But I'm telling you, and I've, I've been saying this for weeks, the bloom is off the rose of Byron Leftwich. Okay. This, this guy is not an offensive genius. If you want to know why the 30 points happened, it's future Hall of Famer Tom Brady, future Hall of Famer Rob Gronkowski, Pro Bowl left guard Ali Marpet, Pro Bowl center Ryan Jensen, yeah. Pro Bowl right tackle Tristan Wirfs, future Hall of Famer Mike Evans, 1,000-yard receiver, $20 million man Chris Godwin, and a guy that has Hall of Fame-like numbers minus the character in Antonio Brown. That's the reason why the 30 points per game happened. Not the imaginative play calling, right? Not the X's and O's. It was the Jimmys and the Joes. And now that the Bucks, Matt, don't have a lot of the Jimmys and the Joes, right? We're seeing the failure of the X's and O's. And that's solely on Byron Leftwich. And this is his responsibility. And if I'm Todd Bowles, right, things happen fast in the NFL. He got four years yeah. in New York, okay? And we've seen the Lasers pull the trigger after two years on Lovey Smith, three years on Dirk Cutter, three years on Raheem Morris, two years on Greg Schiano. I'm not saying fire Byron Leftwich, but if I'm Byron, if I'm Todd Bowles, I'm thinking about making a change at play caller because what the Buccaneers have been doing since week one, I have not seen the improvement. But what but what have we heard? The talk. I wrote the story about it. Byron Leftwich says, We're close. We're close. We're close. This was where, the close game. This was the close game. This was the game where it's supposed to be close, and you yeah. have the breakout. And you've got the wounded secondary, and you've got no TJ Watt. This was the game to light up the scoreboard. And they struggled. It's a field goal fest. And it's ridiculous. It was, a, it, it, was at, it was absurd. It was a field goal fiesta, but no one was having fun at the fiesta right. for the Bucs. Uh, you know, you talk about sometimes the, you know, the, the the coaches can elevate the players. Yeah, thank you to uh, Go Bucks Trinell for the uh, four ninety nine super chat. Sometimes the players can, or sorry, sometimes the coaches can elevate the play of the players. Sometimes the players elevate the play of the coaches. We clearly see how Byron Leftwich has benefited from all the great players that you had mentioned. And you know yeah. what? First of all, as you mentioned, things move quickly in this league. Mm -hmm. Todd Bowles has to make it work with this team right now because you know Brady's probably gone after this season and Bowles if he doesn't make it work in Tampa unfortunately he may never get another head coaching job again so he has to yeah. make it work right now and Byron Leftwich I do not want I I'm going to break my hand against the wall by punching it if I hear one more time we're getting better in areas that you guys wouldn't recognize we have to be multiple. I like my offense multiple, and I'm going to put my players in the best position to succeed. Yeah. Because he isn't doing that. I don't give a shit about multiple. Pass yeah. the ball more on first down. And it's no excuses. I don't give a damn who's injured, who's not in there, like it was, you know, in the Packers game when Evan suspended 
yeah. God went out and Julio Jones may never play a snap of football ever again. The Steelers had their third and fourth string defensive backs in the game. And as you mentioned, no TJ Watt, their best pass rusher, arguably the best pass rusher in the league. Yeah. And the Steelers somehow got it done. Not to mention Kenny Pickett left the game with concussion. So Mitch Trubisky was yeah, in the game. Not, they got it done. They got it done with replacement players. So you know yeah. what? Again, I don't care that Julio Jones isn't playing. I don't care that, you know, Chris Godwin, maybe he's a little bit limited right now because of the injuries that he's coming back from. And same with Russell Gage. You have to scheme and design plays that get your guys open or can yeah. move the ball down the field. Why do other teams, why are they able to overcome right. an injury yep. to one of their best players? But the box somehow, it's all the excuses. Oh, they can't. Yeah, you know the, the, he, they, they can't he, play because Mike Evans isn't playing. Like, get yeah. out of here! It's, here's it's no here's excuse. a here's a prime example of the ineptitude of Byron Leftwich's play calling and and why it's just destroying the Bucks' offense right now, especially in the red zone. You have the ball with what looked to be like a foot, a foot, and I understand. You know, maybe you don't trust. We we saw the quarterback sneak and it didn't work, right? Uh, they they tried it on third and one, it didn't yeah. work. And, and I really haven't been calling for it because, number one, Brady's got a bum shoulder. He's got a bum hand. And I don't necessarily trust Lou Gedeke, nor do I trust uh, Robert Hainsey to get that that uh, the pile moving on a third-and-one situation because they, they've just sucked in short yardage all year. And the other thing, too, is as much as I like Shaq Mason, he's not a big guy. right? He's 6'1", about yeah. 310 pounds. And so th- th- that's that's there's, there's no ideal guy to run behind if you're Tom Brady, right? Usually you... When it was Ali Marpet, you just kind of fell behind him, or even Capo's a big guy, 6'6, 320. Yeah. You know, you fall behind him. But Ryan Jensen, right? I mean, he's gonna blow the pile up. You're gonna get the yard behind Jensen. Right now, there's there's no viable option. So I don't blame them for not running Brady on these quarterback sneaks because I don't think it was gonna work and it didn't work today. But by God, man, if the play call is to go jumbo with an extra offensive lineman and three tight ends in the game, and no wide receivers, you are pretty much telling the Pittsburgh Steelers we're going to run the ball on second and goal from the one-foot line, okay? There's no imagination there that is totally predictable. And yeah, you know, you might get cute with a little play-action fake and Cambrate, you know, slips out. I mean, that probably would have been a better play call. But Matt, why on earth, when you need one foot, do you pull your left guard? Pull him. They did the creating a hole. Okay, you're pulling your rookie left guard, and you're asking your backup center to do a cut block. Okay, and if if that doesn't happen, if if Hainsey's cut block on Larry Ogunjobi isn't perfect, which it wasn't, you are creating a massive hole for penetration, and that's exactly what happened. That is a stupid play call. I'm a defensive guy. I don't, I don't know much about offense. I've covered the Bucks for 27 years. I know enough where I'm dangerous and I can write about it somewhat intelligently, uh, schematically from an offensive standpoint, okay? Um, I, you know, I, I don't know this offense. I'm not well-versed in it like Paul Atwal is. He's a genius. He's a savant when it comes to understanding this. But I know this. From a defensive coordinator standpoint, please pull that rookie guard. Please have your essential rookie center try to cut block my defensive tackle. Um, I want that all day long, please. And thank you. And it was just an asinine play call. And I don't blame Leonard Fournette. He didn't have a chance. The three yard loss. Boom. 
And then once that happened, I mean, just just God, throw, it they, throw, throw out third down. They did the same thing against New Orleans in week two when they went for it on fourth down and they tried to – it was a short yardage play and they tried yeah. to pull the, yep. the lineman and it got blown up like it did today. I uh, want to give a shout-out to Marquise for the $5 Super Chat. Thank you very Thank much. You. He says, uh, I would just fire the OC. Brady needs to take charge and take the lead. He don't need no damn coordinator. This is the greatest player ever. Even the greatest of all time needs an offensive coordinator, but I, I do appreciate the uh, the sentiment there. Yeah, I got to say, Scott, I don't know if I would have got through this game if it wasn't for Celsius, uh, which, of course, is the presenting sponsor of the Pewter Report podcast and the Pewter Post Game Show. As much as Bucks fans are unhappy with the Bucks right now, uh, you can be really happy and excited about Celsius and all the different flavors that they have from the uh, from the Arctic peach and tropical vibes to the cola flavor to the strawberry lemonade to the orange and the grapefruit peach mango. Uh, so many great different flavors and seven essential vitamins. This is the healthy version of an energy drink. Um, you know, gives you that essential energy to get you through your day, whether it's a workout, a work, a live stream. Uh, a long car ride, a long flight from Pittsburgh back to Tampa with a brief pit spot in New York, uh, whatever it is, you know, it gives you that essential energy. So uh, go to the store locator, find out where you can get a Celsius ear. Or if you sent straight to your hustle apartment, save some money and buy them in bulk on Amazon. I would recommend the variety pack because variety is the spice of life. And, uh, yeah, you could have it set up every two weeks, three weeks, whenever you want it. Just make sure you're drinking a Celsius energy drink. Celsius, hashtag live fit. You know, Matt, um, I, we're, we're, gonna, we're just going to do this just because it's appropriate. I've already had my Celsius today. Had, had an orange, had Arctic vibe yesterday. It's how I start my, my weekend. I, 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 don't, I, I don't use, uh, I don't drink coffee much anymore. Uh, Celsius has replaced coffee for me in the mornings. But, uh, but now I'm drinking a Pirate Republic, okay? Very this nice. is actually the second Pirate Republic, probably the second of four I'm going to be consuming tonight <laughs> as I continue the work for, uh, for pewterreport.com covering this god-awful Bucks team right now after this horrific performance against the Steelers. There's no excuse for this. Week too. They should have lost last yeah. week. You know, the way that game's going, if the penalty yeah. isn't called on Grady Jarrett, which Tom Brady got fined for, by the way. Yeah. Yeah. We're looking at probably a two and four football team. It, it, they're a really bad football team right now. And and thankfully, if you're looking for any silver lining, the NFC is just a mess right now. Just yeah. looking at some of the scores. Uh, and just we're, I'm not going to go through the scores, but I'm just going to tell you, you know, right now you've got a two and three Seahawk team leading a two and three Cardinals team, right? Uh, the the one and four Panthers are tied up with the Rams, the two and three Rams right now. You've got the Washington Commanders and the Bears. Both of those are two and four. The the 49ers lost to the the Falcons. Both of those teams are three and three today. The Saints lost. They're two and four. The Vikings are are the five class of yeah. yeah. They're five one. They're <laughs> the class of of the the NFC along with the upstart Giants. Five and one right now. You know, and then then you've got the Packers who lost at home to the Jets. Your J-E-T-S, Jets, 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 Matt. Their Gang Packers green. Are, now, football. are now three and three. So as, as bad as, as this loss is, uh, if you're looking for, for uh, some silver lining, it was against an AFC team. If you're going to lose one of these two games, uh, yeah. or any of these three games, you don't lose the Falcons. It's a division game. You don't want to lose next week to the Panthers. That's a division game. So you'd rather lose to this one. This one hurts you the least. 
the Cowboys and the Eagles, I, I take that back. The Eagles are the best uh, team. Yeah, they're in the undefeated. NFC, undefeated as of now. The Cowboys are four and one. So that's worth keeping an eye on in the, the NFC East. But yeah, um, let's just go right into the Pirate Republic. Um, uh, yeah. Commercial right now. Just because just I'm drinking one, I'm enjoying the long John Pilsner. Matt, take it away. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Pirate Republic, of course, is the official beer of pewterreport.com. They are based out of Nassau, Bahamas. They are now invading Florida just in time for football season. Beer brings people together to celebrate life. That means celebrating life in the spirit of the original pirate code, which is a sense of belonging. Pirate Republic is a community of people living life on their terms. The Long John Pilsner, which Scott was just drinking and my personal favorite, uh, is perfect for tailgating or having fun at the beach in the Florida sun. Then you have the Take No Quarter IPA. It's the best IPA that you'll drink. Or you can drop an orange slice in the golden haze of piracy Belgian wit beer and enjoy that pirate life. Pirate Public beer is available at participating retailers like Total Wine and more, Lucan's Liquors, Party Liquors, and select ABC liquor stores in the greater Tampa Bay area, and they're expanding across the state of Florida, which is an absolutely great thing. So live life on your terms and drink like a pirate with Pirate Republic beer. I could really use one right now, again, after watching whatever the heck it was that was football today. I mean, the, the Bucks stunk up the joint, again, in all three phases. We talked about how the defense, they couldn't get off the field when they really needed them to. The Bucks, it's been the same exact story on offense, I, I, I should say, where, you know, they can move the ball in between the 20s, and then all of a sudden, yeah. you know, it, it gets to the red zone, and all of a sudden, their brain just shuts off, and they, they don't yeah. know what to do. And yeah. uh, there's a lot of blame. Byron Leftwich <laughs> obviously deserves a lot of it, like, why wasn't Chris Godwin involved more? Uh, not Chris Godwin. Uh, Mike okay. Evans. Why wasn't Mike Evans involved more going up against third and fourth string, you know, cornerbacks? The chemistry with Chris Godwin seemed a little bit off. Brady had a lot of really low throws. I don't know exactly which were by design, which were just poor throws. The tight ends. And, you know, we really hope that Cam Brady is going to be okay. He obviously had a very yeah. scary injury today. And, um, you know, we are, are, Thoughts and prayers and hopes and wishes are, are all with Cam Brate and his family. That was a really scary moment. Uh, even up until then, though, like the the tight end wasn't really getting involved. Kate Otten kind of came on later once, uh, unfortunately, when Brate was out of the game. But, you know, right. we talked about how the Bucks don't totally have that third option because Russell Gage, no offense to him, is he's just a guy. He's, he's an he's just a guy. He's an yeah, afterthought he's, at, at this he's, time. He's uh, he's an, uh, an overpaid player. He's he's not yeah. worth ten million dollars. At least not yet. You know, and and maybe yeah, the right. ankle and the hamstring are robbing him of his effectiveness. Okay, still he just hasn't shown he's worth that much money. Just yeah. So like, on, like I see it. That's just how it is. He wasn't an option. Uh, Bright wasn't effective when he was in there. Odden, it was kind of like too yeah. little, too late. And then you know the running backs didn't really have it going in the receiving game. Leonard Fournette ended up having the lone touchdown of the game. For the box, but you know, Rashad yeah. White only had three receptions. He had a crucial third down, which was uh, or no, it was a fourth down. I think it was the third fourth or fourth down. down. Yeah. yeah, it was a fourth down. But it was very important. He he made that catch there. But you know, the Bucks didn't really have that third option. And when the running game isn't going, they're a little handcuffed because teams know they're gonna go to Mike. They're just Chris. lost. Yeah, they just lost. Like Byron Leftwich does not know what what works. And as as Paul Atwell said last week, I mean. Go back to the runs that work. I, I, I remember 
uh, asking Bruce Arians a question. I want to say it was 2019 uh, about, you know, hey, coach, this play worked. Why didn't you go back to it? And, he, and he, yeah. I'll never forget. He said, he said, you never call the same play twice in a game because defenses are too smart. And, and I'm, I'm just telling you, I, I've talked to too many defensive coaches um, that just say that's the offense stopping themselves with that right. type of mentality. And, and if it worked one time, run it until you, until they stop it. And I just don't. Yeah, yeah. Whatever and, happened to that saying, we're going to run yeah. it until they stop us. Yeah. It, does that it not works. mean anything? It, it does work. You know, and the guess what? When, when they stop it, then you can go to something else, right? Yeah, you, yeah. You, they, you've got a playbook know, to They have to more than one reference. option. Yeah. How about this, Scott? How about running the ball to the right side of the offensive line behind, I don't know, all-pro offensive tackle Tristan Wirfs? Why is every single run to the left side? I, I can't yeah. wait until until Byron Leftwich's press conference. That's going to be the question I ask, is why on third and one did you run behind your rookie left, or I should say your rookie tight end, Kate Otten, who got blown up? Yeah. This was on the four-net run in the second half. Donovan Smith, who's been playing okay, but you hyperextended know, elbow. Hyperextended elbow, right? He got blown up. And then Luke Edeke, who missed yet another block. Why are you running to the left when you have a all-pro right tackle and a right guard who has, I don't think, made as big of an impact? And I'm talking about Shaq Mason as, as I expected him to make, but he's head and shoulders above <laughs> Luke Edeke. Yeah. Okay, I don't understand it. The other thing, too, is, and Ted, we appreciate the $10 Super Chat. We'll get to yeah, that in you, one Ted. second. Luke Edeke's got to be benched. I've seen yeah. enough. Okay, like, is Brandon Walton that bad? Is Nick Leverett that bad where yeah, you're going to just right? continue? I've never seen a left guard destroy a game plan more than this guy or any offensive lineman for that matter. Usually it's a usually it's a tackle, right? Usually it's like, right. well, we got we got to start this guy at left tackle, you know, because uh, we we lost the starter. You know, guards you can usually kind of hide and get away with and all that. He's just bad, man. He's he's bad, and I, and and we're talking about drive killing, touchdown killing plays. And he's not ready. I'm not saying I'm not saying he's not going to be a good player, Matt. Yeah. He might be a good player in time. Honestly, the best thing for him right now, probably to sit. Probably to sit and watch and learn from the sidelines and get somebody else out there that maybe provides a bit of a spark, right? Yeah. And, and maybe it's Brandon Walton. Maybe it's Nick Leverett. I don't know. Try somebody else because right now the arrow is pointing down for this kid. He got whipped by Grady Jarrett last week. He got whipped today by Cameron Hayward. I don't, you know, I don't know who they're going to be playing next week uh, if it's going to be uh, uh, the Panthers defensive tackle, the first round pick out of Auburn. I can't remember his name, uh, but probably not going to fare well in that game either. And Scott, it's from the get go too. It's like right off the bat, he gets beat right away and over and over and over. I mean, if he's still starting when they play the Rams in a couple of weeks, Aaron Donald may legitimately have 10 sacks, five force fumbles and a defensive touchdown. Like, that's just the way it's going. And you know what they're really missing? I, I yes. never thought I'd really... Didn't even think about that, Dude, Matt, but that's genius obviously... analysis on your part, okay? Aaron yeah. Donald Aaron Donald will retire Luke Gedeke. Luke Gedeke yeah. will say, I'm going to retire. I'm going to quit after that game if he does not pick up his play right now. And I don't think he can. I think he's, I think he's, he's, he's barely hanging on. He's surviving. Yeah. His technique is a mess. 
this guy's not ready, and that's okay. Randy Barber yeah. wasn't ready as a rookie, okay? Right. right. We're not dooming the kid. It's just right now is not the time. Yeah, exactly. The Bucs are in win-now mode. It's a small window yes. of opportunity because we don't know how long they're going to have Tom Brady for. Even if he decides to keep playing football, it might be for a different team, which at this point, I wouldn't really blame him if you want to yeah. go to, like, San Francisco or something like that. But obviously, the Bucs miss, you know, Gronk, Ali Marpet, uh, you know, even Alex Kappa. But one of the guys that they're really missing that is on this team, but he's out for the season – Aaron Stinney sounds like a great option right now. If if Aaron Stinney, unfortunately, yeah. he got hurt in that indie preseason game and he's out for yeah. the year. But having him as an option, making him the starter over Luke Gedeke would sound really good right now. Unfortunately, they don't have that option. But yeah, I'm with you. Like Nick Leverett was in that competition. What can so it hurt? The starting, the at this starting point, guard, at this point what can it hurt? And I'm going to ask Todd Bowles that tomorrow at his press conferences. Are you considering uh, benching Luke Gedeke for a player that cannot get killed? Or yeah. not get Tom Brady killed. How about that? Yeah, so, I mean, uh, Brady was screaming at the offensive line today, and it was... Choose some ass, Tom. Choose yeah. some ass. If I were you, I, I would do it, too. You're, 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 you're the one getting sacked on third and three and stuff in the red zone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's pathetic. It's bad. Uh, Ted Curtis, $10 Super Chat. This crew, Arians, Leftwich, Bulls, Armstrong, feels like a group package because of their history. I don't know if I see them making a change at, at one while the others are around. Is that fair, or am I reaching? I will say this with this. This is what you might call an educated guess. Todd Bowles is not afraid to make some changes. I'm just going to leave it at that. Fair I, 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 I will say there will be some coaches on this coaching staff now that will not be here next year. And and not because they're leaving for other jobs. Right, not because of like uh, head coaching yeah, opportunity. No, 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 no. It, this is going to be, we're going to see some changes. Yeah, and I think special teams, I, 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 I know you're talking about offense, but like special teams, they can't go one game without having a huge, huge mistake. I mean, yeah. right when you thought, I mean, it was, it was, it yeah, Derek started Brown. The that, that's hand. the guy, there. Derek Brown, Brian yeah. Burns. Yeah, they're going to feast on Luke Etta if he's there next week. Great. But, you know, you start the second half and the Steelers immediately come out and return it all the way, what, inside the 20, inside the 10, whatever yeah. it was. The special teams unit cannot go one week without making like a huge, huge blunder. Whether it's like, Kamar has been solid for you know the whole season. Outside of Ryan Suckup, yeah, it seems a mess. Darden, I was defending him in the, during the game day stream today. Like, listen, he's not not after this game. I was like, listen, he's not that bad. Like he's been catching and going up the field. I know he loves the sidelines, and then today he was on roller skates again. He's yeah. afraid to use the middle of the field. And as soon as there's one defender no. around him, he's he afraid. Stops period. No, just to say he's, he's afraid. afraid. Period. I should, yeah, it. I should have he's just afraid. stopped there. But he does this stupid thing. His his best skill is his speed. Fair. That's why he's on the field as a punt returner. And he does this dumb thing every single time. As soon as the first defender is there, what does he do? He stops and then thinks about making a move. Use your yeah. speed and just keep it moving because mm -hmm. you're that fast. Guys will whiff anyway because you're right. that quick. But he just stops, and it makes it easier to get tackled. I don't know why he does that. Yeah. Uh, Kevin L. with the Super Chat. We appreciate these Super Chats uh, yeah, very much. Thank it, you. I, I would say it helps us buy more Pirate Republic beer, but it doesn't. <laughs> we actually get this for free as, as, as because their official beer uh, sponsor, Peter Report. Uh, Kevin L., $5 Super Chat. Glad they didn't kick 
a field goal at the end of the game to win would have been able to keep lying to themselves about the offense can't BS anymore. You know what? Sometimes, sometimes a loss is necessary. And like I said, yeah. at, at the end of the day, if there are some significant changes here and, and Matt, I love your call for, are you calling for Jalen Darden to be benched? Yeah, sure. Putting Geiger. Yeah, I don't care. Like, yeah. like uh, let someone. Yeah, let's let's see somebody else. I, I agree. Exactly. Throw um, in Scotty Miller. Scotty doesn't yeah. do anything else. Put in exactly. Scotty Miller. Let's get, put somebody else back there to do punts. I, I I'm with you on that. Uh, let's bench Luke Gedeke. I'm for that. I want to see if Brandon Walton or Nick Leverett, if, if either one of those guys can be better. I don't know that they could be worse. Um. But yeah, sometimes you need that that wound, right? Sometimes you got to rip the bandaid off. They need gotta... a swift kick in the ass, and that's yes. that's what they got yeah. today. And and I, let's let's continue on with with what Todd Bowles had to say. Uh, again, I put that in in the chat, uh, which is uh, the story is up now. It is uh, Bucks Bowl Super Bowl uh, guys living off Super Bowl uh, are living in fantasy land. And the one thing that that he did have to say about uh, you know, coming to work and 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 getting better is this. Uh, well, actually, he said this. Um, and again, this this is kind of damning towards Leftwich. He's he's not using the term Byron or Leftwich, but he's talking about outcoached, and he's saying yeah. that several times and talking about the offense. So it's it's pretty reading through the lines. It's pretty apparent he is not happy with Byron Leftwich, nor should he be. Uh, quote: We could not get one yard on third and fourth and short. We got stalled in the red zone. I don't think we coached it well. I don't think we played it well. We've got to find a way to score in the red zone. We've got to find a way to score in the red zone. And more importantly, got to find a way to be better in short yardage. Third and one and fourth and inches, we have to find a way to be better. So if if that's personnel, then uh, get rid of Gedeke and and put in a guard who is is more competent in terms of blocking. And and if it's if it's uh, the coaching, then you need to evaluate Byron Leftwich and and you know th- there's a couple guys on this staff, Kevin Garber, the wide receivers coach, that Bruce Arians thought highly of, and if Byron had left to go to Jacksonville, could have been calling plays. Yeah, he could be the the, the play caller right now, or it, it might have been Bruce. And and I don't know that this is a wild card idea, but if you're Todd Bowles, you're already paying Bruce Arians, man. <laughs> right, he's he's up there making drinks for he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't do it. But I'm just right. saying if you're if you, the, the best play caller in the building is Bruce Arians. Bar none. It's not it's not Byron Leftwich, period. The end. Yeah. And and I think now what we're what, what we've seen is is Bruce made Byron the the offensive uh, talent, all the Hall of Famers and Pro Bowlers that I mentioned uh, earlier in the show have made Byron. And this guy is not it. We're not seeing the creativity. We're not seeing the ingenuity. We're not seeing proper use of personnel. Um, it, it, it's all, all fingers are pointed at him, and, and deservedly so. At the same time, I'll, I'll put the caveat out there: Byron's not missing blocks. Byron's not dropping passes. Sure, you know, uh, the, the, there's you know, Byron's not committing penalties. There, there's some of that too. But when you are the offensive coordinator, it's your responsibility. Just like Bowles has got to be accountable for the defense and all the third and longs that this team gave up and the sacks and the pressures that weren't there and the interceptions and forced fumbles and takeaways that weren't there, he's got to be responsible for that. Yeah, without question. And, you know, a big thing we've talked about before is just the lack of variety in in the play calling. Like, 
at this point, it sounds like begging for a plan is like, oh, like they're really going out on a limb here. You know, yeah. like the run plays again, continuously to the left side in between the tackles. It wasn't until the fourth quarter we saw a pitch to Leonard Fournette. And I was like, wow, that's yeah. something a little bit different. Look at that. And then they <laughs> pitch it on the fourth down play, which they did convert. Yeah. And they did a handoff to Chris Godwin, but unfortunately there was a um there was penalty. a penalty on the play, yeah. so it was nullified and they didn't go back to it. But you know, outside of those, it's monotonous over and over and over. They ran it on first and 17 out of the shotgun. Can't what do are you doing? What yeah. are you doing? Listen, I, I'm I'm all in favor if you can of establishing the run. I I see the value and the merits of the running game. This team Absolutely. can't, so I don't want to see I don't want to see the run as often as they're doing it. I, I I'm I'm of the opinion go with what you know, which is Brady, Evans, Godwin, etc. That's that's yeah. where your bread's butter. At the same time, though, Matt, at no point in time should any offensive coordinator, if it's first and say. 15 or more, you never run the ball on first down in that situation, ever. You're behind the sticks. You're behind the chains. You might as well subject yourself to throwing the ball three times and, and hoping you get the first down that way because running it is just not going to happen. And here's yeah. the thing, Matt. If you're not good at running the ball on first and 10, what makes you think you're going to get more yards on first and 17? It just unless, doesn't make any sense. Unless they line up three defensive linemen and they put – everyone else 10 yards off the ball unless you get that i don't want to see you run the ball on first yeah. and 17 especially at that point in the game it had been well established that the yeah. bucks are not running the ball josh capo made a great point when he was on uh, during halftime mm -hmm. and he said because you know the bucks they go three and out on their first drive then that second drive incomplete pass and then they run it and leonard fournette gets a first down and Josh had this great way of, of like paraphrasing it where he's like, Leftwich sees that. He sees one play where it has success and goes, you see, you see, we can run the ball, so we're going right. to keep doing it that way. But it's like, that was the outlier. The 10-yard right. run by Leonard Fournette was the outlier yeah. to everything else that we saw from the Bucks run game. You got to pass it on first down and then run it when you're an advantageous second down. It's okay. It's This isn't football from 30 years ago okay the game is different this yeah. balance this multiple crap that byron leftwich loves to talk about it's not there anymore i'm watching yeah. bill's chiefs right now they're slinging it left and right and occasionally yeah. the bills have never had a run game since josh allen has been there Josh Allen's there. okay right. they air it out a ton and i understand you know offensive linemen prefer to run the ball because you're attacking you're moving forward pass yeah. blocking you're moving back you kind of you're waiting for the defender to engage with you. But when you have Tom Brady, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, and on top of that, you're going up against a team that has no pass rush until today, has yeah. no secondary until today, mm -hmm. you have to take advantage of the plays in front of you. And they just don't do that on a consistent basis. We said at the beginning, mind-numbing, befuddling, mind-boggling, whatever you want to call it. It's just, I, I, I've I, had enough of it, okay? Yeah. Like, they need, they got punched in the mouth, and they kind of deserved it. Yeah, no, I agree. And 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 again, I not wanting the Buccaneers to lose, right, for you right. fans out there, you pewter people who want your team to win, right? And, and this team, say what you want about the results. They put in the work during the week. Are they working hard enough? No, according to Todd Bowles, they're not. <laughs> uh, he actually had that quote here. 
Uh, let's see what he said. Yeah. Let me go back to the article. Uh, or actually, you know what? I think I, I've got the quotes right here on a different document. But what Bowles was saying is he said, uh, uh, I can't find it now. Hmm. Actually, hang on. I know you're talking about. Uh, yeah, I'll find it in a second. Chat with me. But yeah, it was about how they practice. Here, he here it is. If you're hurt, go in the training room and get injured. If you're not, you show up Wednesday ready for work. The time for talking is over. We've got to show. Put in the work. There's nothing to talk about right now. And so I, I, I agree with that. There, there's, there's nothing to say. You know, and, and again, I, I, I think this is a little bit of a shot. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe this is just my imagination running wild. Maybe I'm I'm wanting outcomes so much that that I, I'm imagining things. Maybe it's I've had, you know, two pirate republics. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I'm I'm fine with pirate republics. But here's the thing. How many times, Matt, have we sat there in a Byron Leftwich press conference? Oh, we're so close. If you guys could only see the things that I see, the areas we're improving that you guys may not realize. And it's like, come on, man. What are you talking about? What, your crappy third your crappy third down conversions? Yeah. Your crappy red zone? Your crapping third and short? Um, the, the fact that you can't score 30 points in any games except for one? I mean, come on. Where it, you were down by 100 points, so you had yeah. to throw the ball? Yes. So, so to me... To me, when when I hear things like that, I, I don't necessarily think that Bowles is necessarily talking about the players. Maybe it's it's an all-encompassing thing, but honestly, I think it includes Byron Leftwich too. Because I just think his press conferences are so disingenuous. I, I, yeah. He says some things, and I'm like, okay, I'm not as well-versed on offense as, as, as an NFL player or an NFL coach. I, I certainly... Uh, man enough to admit that, right? Uh, at the same time, though, the words coming out of his mouth and what my eyes see on Sundays doesn't jive at all. It just doesn't. And so I, I, I'm just befuddled. And so when I hear this from Bull saying enough talk, I'm thinking, well, the guy that does an awful lot of talking and doesn't and doesn't really have the production to back it up is Byron Leftwich. And Byron was asked before, you know, he he did the song and dance of, yeah, we're proving in areas you can't see. And then he was asked, like, so where are you improving? Yeah, exactly. Like, Can you give I, us one I, example? He <laughs> said, we're getting a hat on a hat when it comes to running the ball. No, you're not. They, they suck in the run game. Yeah. You know, they haven't no, been not. good since they haven't been yeah. good since the Dallas game in terms yeah. of running the ball. Um, yeah. And then he said, like, and other things. I'm paraphrasing, of course. This was this was yeah. uh, a couple of weeks ago, but. You know, this offense, they don't have an identity right now. We know what their identity should be, yeah. but will they ever get to that? Mm -hmm. I am not. Uh, this is I'm interesting. Not sure. Interesting. Then he needs to demote Leftwich and not just talk, talking about Todd Bowles. You know, I, listen, I, I'm not saying this is coming this year, and I'm not saying that Leftwich is going to get fired this year, whatever. I'm, I'm just telling you, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if there are some major changes, like if there are some. Changes to the starting lineup, specifically a left guard, and and also it, it, I would not rule out a, a play caller change at some point this season. I don't think Todd Bowles is is going to let things linger. He's already been fired once, right? That was yeah. after four years in New York 
where you, you know you, you kind of let things go and you hope it gets better and you trust your coaches, trust your players. This is opportunity number two. There's not going to be an opportunity number three for Todd. Exactly. Bowles. There's not. He's he's coaching. He's got to make his... this work, or he's never going to be a head coach again. Exactly. He's coaching for his head coaching career because yes. even if if this for whatever reason fails, he can get up He'll tomorrow be a DC. and, and He'll be, be a DC defensive DC coordinator yeah, for for any defense yeah. for any team that uh, yeah. you know has that opening. Um, you know, a lot of negativity on today's show with the way that the Bucks played and they deserve it. Uh, one thing that's a real positive though of course, is Age Rejuvenation, which Scott is about to talk to after this message from Age Rejuvenation. As we age, our hormones decrease, both for men and women. I was tired all the time, had no sex drive. I was groggy. I felt like I was 80 years old because everything hurt. I came to Age Rejuvenation because I was tired all the time. Bioidentical hormones has really made such an impact in people's lives. I actually enjoy shopping now. Got my, all my energy back. Mind is sharp. I feel like I'm 18 again. It was perfect for me. Get with Age Rejuvenation. Do it now. Don't wait. Call Age Rejuvenation today. Age Rejuvenation. That's right, guys. If you want to feel better, go to Age Rejuvenation. Lose weight, feel great, have better sex. You might have seen Age Rejuvenation as the new sponsor for my SR's Fab 5 column on pewterreport.com. Well, I'm an Age Rejuvenation customer, too. And, of course, Age Rejuvenation is the presenting sponsor of the Celsius Pewter Report Tailgate Show, every single Sunday during football season. Thankfully, I don't have any issues in the bedroom, but I did turn 50 this year and be lying to you if I didn't say energy has been a problem for me. Actually, over the last couple of years, it's been a problem. Fatigue, feeling like a loser because I'm tired at nine o'clock and you know, I'm nodding off halfway through the movie and, and 10 o'clock feels like it's like, you, like midnight used to feel. And it turns out I've got low testosterone, right? And that's that's no surprise. I'm 50. Like most men in their 40s, 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s, that happens. It happens naturally. It's nature, fellas. And there's nothing you can do naturally to fight that other than go to age rejuvenation because low testosterone can affect everything from weight loss to energy. And now there's a way to fight it. That's what I did with the testosterone therapy. I'm doing this. John Gilmore Retired Buccaneer tight end who joins us on the, the Pewter Report tailgate shows is also an age rejuvenation customer. And my wife, Ashley, has just started her female hormone replacement therapy program as well. It takes about a month to kick in, but boy, you feel the energy. I honestly feel like I'm 40. Uh, it's I feel like 10 years uh, younger. I, I just do. Got more energy as a result. Visit agerejuvenation.com. I wish I would have done this years ago. Age Rejuvenation with five Tampa Bay area locations to serve you. Lose weight, feel great with Age Rejuvenation. I saw a comment in here that the uh, the Bucks killed uh, their sex drive. I thought that was a, <laughs> thought that was a funny comment. It, yeah. I was like so, probably more mad than I've ever been covering the Bucks than this game. It just I, <laughs> see this is year twenty seven for me. I've yeah. seen a lot of bad football. <laughs> so for 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 me to. For me to like place this game in the annals of history, um, and I'm it just there's been so many bad losses. Like this is up there. I don't know where it is. I don't know where it ranks. There's a lot of bad ones, uh, but it, but in in more recent terms, it feels like that that Bears loss on Thursday night football in 2020 yeah, it feels like the Washington loss. Yeah. Uh, if the Jets had hung on to win, it would have that that would have been a loss, and it it uh, to the, the Jets up there in New York. That, that would have had that type of feeling. 
So it's it, it's not good. This is not a good football team, and and I think the potential is there for it to be better. Um, I think if you think the Bucks are winning the Super Bowl this year, you're dreaming. There, this is yeah. not the year. Uh, I want it's to ask you: happening. Are they Super Bowl contender right now? No. no. Can they get there by December? We'll yeah. see. I, I, we'll I, see. I, we'll see. I do think so. If they. They just haven't played to their potential. And we yeah. know what their potential can be. We've seen that right. potential. The defense is way ahead of the offense right now. But yeah. until the offense picks up their slack, you know, yeah. their side of things, they're not a Super Bowl contender, and they are marginally here's, a playoff. Game. Here's what has to happen. I, I believe Ryan Jensen, when he comes back this year, and let's knock on wood and hope that he, he does, still waiting for the swelling to go down, Matt. Still. Yep. Yep. Still don't have the, the official uh, diagnosis on that, which is the biggest injured of knee of all time bullshit we've heard uh, from from this team all year long. But Ryan Jensen, if he comes back and he just flips the switch and he is the Pro Bowl center, Ryan Jensen, and brings the attitude and the punch to the running game and is steadier in pass protection. And and Robert Hainsey, who did not have a good game today at all, I think it was one of it might might have been his worst game <laughs> in, 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 as a starter yet. Yeah, uh, I've got to go back and watch the film. But the times I ISOed my eyes on him was not good. And but I think he's better than, than Lugetiki. And if Hainsey can move to left guard and Jensen returns yes. in Pro Bowl form, now. You've got a much better offensive line, in my opinion, where you've got uh, hopefully a healthier Donovan Smith, Robert Hainsey at left guard, Ryan Jensen at center, Robert Hainsey at left guard, Ryan Jensen at center, Shaq Mason at right guard, Tristan Wirfs at right tackle. That, to me, is is the best offensive line you could put out there right now, but it has to be with Ryan Jensen returning to this team and returning, picking up where he left off before that injury. Yeah, it kind of reminds me of – a couple of years ago when uh, Ali Marpet was out and this is when AQ Shipley is still with the team, right? They put Shipley yeah. in at center and they move Ryan Jensen to the right. guard. Let's remember that was the offensive line that was on the field when Ronald Jones had his infamous 99 yard touchdown right. run against, against the Panthers. So yeah. Um, yeah, I would definitely want to see that too. If Jensen can, can come back, put Hainsey at guard and that changes things for next season too because then does. you get Stinney back and you have that competition because remember that was supposed to be the initial competition was Hainsey right. versus Stinney versus Gedeke. Yeah. but then Jensen got hurt so that obviously you know that scrapped uh those plans by the way our plans for next week the Celsius Pewter Report tailgate show live from walk-ons and presented by Age Rejuvenation we'll be back again once I find the graphic uh, next week at the walk-ons in Midtown, Mid- yeah, Midtown yeah. going back to uh, the, the walk-ons. It's a little bit closer to Rame James stadium, only about 10, 15 minutes away. Uh, we'll be going live at 11 o'clock with um, Scott and Bailey. And of course, John Gilmore. So uh, very fun stuff. You guys have done a great job all season long with that. So that'll be the tailgate show. And then at one o'clock, I will be on for the uh, Pewter Game Day show, giving my live reaction, analysis, insight, uh, everything else that we have going on. And, you know, that's the beauty of football is that it's it's unpredictable. You don't know what's going to happen. I sure right. as hell couldn't tell you that the Bucs were going to lose 20 to 18 today. And, yeah. you know, we visited, you know, we watched every single snap of that. So we'll have that going on again, 11 o'clock for the tailgate show, as you see on the screen right there. And then one o'clock for kickoff when the Bucs 
play against the Panthers live from the walk-ons in Midtown. Great food all the time. I'd recommend going there on Tuesdays because it's happy hour all day long. Yeah, it That's is. That's fantastic. That's the cheat Absolutely. code right there. Walk-ons on Tuesdays, the cheat code. Yeah. You'll, you'll see me and Ashley at, at the walk-ons here on Tuesday in Wesley Chapel. So if you there see you me, go. say hello, and we'll talk some Bucks football for a minute. Hopefully I won't bore you or depress <laughs> you. But if I do depress you, they do have a lot of beer there. Uh, yeah, actually, exactly. They actually have Pirate Republic. There you go. Over there at Perfect. the Wesley Chapel location. So brands, brands helping brands. I do want to yep. remind everyone, uh, we have another podcast tomorrow oh. at four o'clock. Do not miss this podcast, Matt. I, I, I listen. It's Sunday. I already feel good about Monday's podcast. We're going to have the reaction from Todd Bowles' press conference. We're going to ask some very direct and pointed questions, and it's going to be very interesting to see. What Todd Bowles has to say about Byron Leftwich, about Luke Gedeke, about the offense, about the, the defense not being able to stop the yeah. Steelers team on third and long on multiple occasions in the second half. So, and and then of course too, it's Monday. It's not going to be a victory Monday. Uh, we we can't make that happen for you. We'd love yeah. to, but we can't. We don't control what the team does. All we do is control what we say about the team and, and how yeah. we analyze it but we do have roll call roll call yeah win or lose rain or shine at, we peter do people? we do roll calls on monday where are you at pewter people we have awesome yep. fans around the world not just america around the world from yep. tampa to the west coast to you know brazil china finland germany england ireland all over the place so uh tomorrow at 4 20 we will start putting everyone's comments on the screen. Let us know where you're watching from. We'll put it on the screen as one of us, uh, you know, goes on a rant or talks about something yep. with the NFL or the, the Bucks in general. So uh, stay tuned for that. Exactly. And thanks thank for all you. the super chats. Yeah, thanks for the super chat. Thank you, Dave. Here with the two dollar super chat says, uh, "Offense moved the ball. Red zone and D needed stops." Well, the yep. defense got the stops for a majority of the game they didn't late yeah so you could also say well where's the offense then yeah. so you know well, it's a seesaw it's a give and take type of yeah. thing and, and and i think the thing too is is the games typically come down to the turnover margin right uh, obviously aside from the final score they come down to the turnover margin and and then they come down to third downs right if everything's equal then it comes down to to third downs and right now the buccaneers are just not good offensively on third down again we saw four of 14 that was 28.6%. They had to rely on two, being a two of two on fourth down conversions to keep drives moving as they barely racked up 304 yards. However, the Steelers, much better on third downs, especially in the second half. That's really where this percentage shot up. They were 7 of 15. That's 46.7%, nearly just about double of what the Bucks were able to do on third downs. So Tampa Bay's third down defense needs some work. And, of course, the Steelers were also one of one on fourth downs as well. But they only amassed 270 yards. And, uh, you know, we, we 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 don't do game balls anymore. But if I were going to give a game ball for this game, um, I like to play a Jamel Dean, man. That that hustle tracking down the, the kick return. He was so close to forcing a fumble on that, too. He yep. went for the swing. And, you know, credit to the guy for holding on to it. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah. And, and also, too. out there. Also, too, we saw Zion McCollum not track down the guy, and we saw Jamel Dean track him down. So Zion McCollum with his four three speed, yeah, exactly. So Jamel, Jamel Dean officially is the fastest cornerback in Tampa uh, by making that play, and Zion McCollum didn't. 
but uh, hell of a play by Dean to show the the stick-to-itiveness and, again, like you say, almost punched the ball, kind of jarred it a little bit loose but didn't punch it out enough. That would have been a, a, a big-time play. And, again, yeah, prayers up for Cam Bray. Yeah. Um, you know, the, the league's got to do something about this concussion thing and and really take a look at it because, obviously, he cleared the protocols. But, man, um, the, the brain's sensitive. It just is. Yeah. And, and I, I, I don't know. I'm not a, a doctor or a neurosurgeon. I don't know when the right time to come back from a concussion is. But it just doesn't make sense to me if you have a concussion and you're out of game and then you clear the protocols, you're back in, that you're you're, you're not 100% healthy. You know, every brain is different. Every person is different. It's just, man, it's, it's tough to see that. Um, uh, certainly hoping that that he can can recover yeah. and then not just to play football again this year, just re- <laughs> recover quality of life. Yeah, yeah. In general. And yeah, I mean, camp's a fan favorite that, that, that does, yeah. I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a fan favorite or the most hated person yeah. in the league. You you never want that to, right. to happen to anyone. And yeah, I mean, you couldn't help but think like he immediately points to his head and yeah, you know, just the concussion two weeks ago and yep. forced him to miss last week. So exactly. Yeah. Our, we're definitely thinking of him and hoping for a right. quick recovery. We got some great content up on pewterreport.com right now at their post game coverage, John Ledyard and Paul Atwell were at the game. Uh, John's from uh, Pennsylvania lives up there now and was at the, at the, the game with Paul They're They're going to be having some post game uh, col- columns that we're going to get uh, up on pewterreport.com uh, either tonight or first thing in the morning. So be sure to look for those. So you'll get their uh, insight and analysis in addition to coverage from myself, J.C. Allen, Josh Capo, Bailey Adams, uh, Matt Patera. And you can find that on pewterreport.com. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Pewter Report. And, of course, our YouTube channel, Pewter Report TV. Folks, if you're not subscribing to Pewter Report TV on YouTube, we encourage you to do so. We're, we're inching our way to 9,500 subscribers. We want to get to 10,000 sooner rather than later. Help us out of that endeavor. And certainly when you are watching any of our Peter Report podcasts or any of the interviews or press conference clips we put up on Peter Report or JC's um, Touchback Tuesdays, Tuesdays, make sure you like those. The more likes we get, that helps us with the algorithms, with YouTube, and it gets us in front of more awesome Peter people like you guys. Yeah, please do so. Uh, Really appreciate the help. Really appreciate everyone you know, watching, listening to this show, you guys make it so much fun. Yeah. Uh, I mean, Thanks so much. we had a great turnout tonight and yeah, they were, yeah. everybody's pissed off and disappointed. And we all, maybe this was a we good all got there. To thing. We, yeah, exactly. Everybody we all got to appreciate and, all the and, comments. Yeah. And let it out. You know what? 24 hour rule, you know, if the bucks win next week. Things will be feeling a little bit better. Yeah. Uh, in the land of, uh, in Tampa. Bay, if they so. win next week. They'll be three and zero in the division. And exactly. Very, the best very important. And easiest way to get into the, the playoffs, into the postseason, is win your division. You get that automatic home playoff game. And if as long as the Buccaneers are healthy and if they continue to improve, and they haven't improved yet, but if, <laughs> if they do improve at some point later this season with Tom Brady, they're, they're, they, they very well might be a dangerous team come January. We'll have to see. A lot of football to be played between yeah. now and then. We have Todd Bowles' press conference tomorrow to analyze on tomorrow's Peter Report podcast. So please join us tomorrow at 4 o'clock. And at 420, we'll have roll call, as Matt said. For Matt Matera, I'm Scott Reynolds. Thank you very much for watching another edition of the Pewter Report podcast. Out. 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 See you tomorrow.